Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You know what it is, episode 85. That's right, episode 85 for the love of the game. Let's roll. Fabulous. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yo. I don't care what y'all do. How y'all uh-huh. do it. Uh-huh. We y'all do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep it gangster. Look at them gangsters. Episode 85 for the love of the game. What's good, everybody? Uh, your boys have been on a bit of a tear lately. Lots of podcasts, lots to talk about. Been in a major groove since sports have come back, and it feels great. Love doing it, love the feedback, and yeah, it turns out sports on TV are way better than when there's no sports on TV. So basketball fans, we have made it. The NBA playoffs are upon us. The Blazers behind Damian Lillard's brilliance in the bubble, claimed the eighth seed. Uh, they won their playing game over the Memphis Grizzlies. So with that, the playoffs start tomorrow night. Can't wait for that. As I've said many a times in the last two episodes, and I'll say it again, the seeding two-note games in Orlando, for the most part, have been excellent. And if you're the guy who complained about a few meaningless games at the end of the Orlando tune-up stretch, kindly to quote Logan Roy, and shout out to Succession, great show, uh, kindly go fuck off. Uh, seriously, stop complaining. There were maybe five total meaningless games since the season resumed. Yeah, the NBA season in a normal year can seriously stall and come to a halt and grind to a halt at the end of the year. But this year was anything but. So to all you who are in that camp and are complaining, just shut up. Quick notes on basketball before I bring into tonight's guests. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, well, they went 8-0 and in the bubble, but came up short. An exceedingly impressive stretch for the Suns. Devin Booker was fantastic. DeAndre Aiden made serious strides, but they fall short. And honestly, I'm kind of glad it worked out the way it did because Memphis won more games earlier on in the season, and the regular season matters, and it should matter. So Memphis deserved that spot in the playing game, even though I would have loved to have seen Phoenix there. Kudos to the Phoenix Suns and Monty Williams for getting their, those guys to play as hard and as well as they did. Uh, maybe there's a way brighter future for the Suns than I at least initially thought there was going to be going into this season. To the Memphis Gri- Grizzlies, well, they had a tough bubble experience. Jaron Jackson Jr., their star forward, hurt his knee. John Morant played the last four games with a broken thumb. They didn't play great overall in Orlando, but still, it was a great learning experience for them. Now, I'll say this about John Morant. If he ever figures out a pull-up jump shot, uh, a pull-up game, and gets a little bit more sophisticated on the angles in which he attacks switches off a pick-and-roll, forget about it. He's a top three point guard in the league at that point, at worst. I mean, just look out NBA if John Morant really puts it together because that guy is really, really, really special. Three, the Blazers. I know Dame is getting all the love, and it is deserved. I mean, look at his numbers in the bubble, especially the last three games. I mean, it's just absurd. You know, 61 points, 51 points, 42 points. It's just insane. He was the bubble MVP, voted on unanimously, might I add, for a good reason. But I want to give C.J. McCollum some love here. The shots he made in the fourth quarter, those pull-ups off the bounce against Memphis, were insane. I mean, insane. The handle, the shot-making, just uh, wow, just unbelievable. They were all contested as well. 
And I know some of the old crotchety basketball fans out there who lament the lack of defense in today's NBA. Hell, I'm sometimes that guy too, and I'm only in my early 30s. But this wasn't the case here. Sometimes the shot making is so beyond good with these guys in the NBA that there's nothing you can do. And the immense skill level should be appreciated and celebrated. Except if it's James Harden doing his James Harden stuff. But anyway, yeah, uh, one last thing on Memphis, Phoenix, and even San Antonio. Uh, one last tidbit on them because they played well in the bubble even though they were eliminated. Uh, all three teams have young cores and were impressive. But next year, if fans or you know media types are expecting those teams to jump back into the playoff picture – you know, that may be tough because going into next season, every team in the West has expectations to be better and make the playoffs. So, yeah, fans of those teams, just be aware that that jump may not come. And that doesn't mean that it's necessarily a bad thing. It's just the West is brutal. It's absolutely brutal. But that's for next season. Let's focus on this season. Quick Yankees update before we get into tonight's guest. Uh, so DJ LeMayu, Aaron Judge. And Giancarlo Stanton are all on the DL. Well, not ideal. DJ LeMay, who really had a chance to hit 400 for this season, it seems. Uh, he's on the DL with uh, an injured thumb. That's not great. I mean, let's hope they get back soon so the Yankees can continue rolling. Because sadly, they can't play the Boston Red Sox every night. As uh, currently, the New York Yankees are up 4-1 on the Red Sox um, at the moment of recording. But yeah, with that said, it's now time to preview the NBA playoffs with a recurring guest in just a moment. Okay, so I teased it before. It's that time again. We're bringing on a recurring guest, a very well-received recurring guest the last time he was on, um, a huge NBA fan, someone who is uh, as knowledgeable as I am, if not more, uh, Mr. Michael Klein. Mike, good to have you back, man. How's it going? Oh, great to be back, Aaron. Uh, I definitely would not say I am as uh, knowledgeable as you are. Love uh, the pods you've been putting out. But, yeah, like you said, it's that time of year. I cannot wait to watch the playoffs, and I can't wait to discuss the playoffs with you right now. So, yeah, I'll, here's what we're going to do. I mean, I, I told you this a little bit before, but we're going to start kind of like snake draft style. Even though it's the two of us, we're going to start with the most interesting series of the eight playoff series. Most interesting to least interesting. We're going to alternate picks. Um, we're going to say why we like this series so much. Uh, a couple of little tidbits. And um, because uh, I'm extremely hospitable, uh, you're going to go first. So without further ado, your first pick in the draft. All right. Well, you know, this was a uh, really a two uh, a two horse draft, but I'll go with uh, what has the widest I think national appeal and is also fascinating for obvious reasons. Lakers Blazers uh, round one. You know, uh, everybody has been watching Dame Lillard. The guy is unreal, and. Uh, Feel about this series? I know you, you're you're hoping to see Lillard uh, take down LeBron, so I think a lot of people are uh, in that same camp. So I think there's gonna be a lot of eyes, a lot of interest, a lot of excitement. It's funny that you picked that first because I honestly had that third on my power rankings. Uh, I'm shocked, but uh, so what? What do you love about this series the most? Because there, I mean, there's a lot of talk to about with this series, but what do you love the most? What's your couple of tidbits you got? 
You know, I, I think that what I'm so curious about is is LeBron James. Um, the Lakers, it's kind of funny. They're still the odds-on title favorite in Vegas. But if you listen to, if you if you watch the bubble games, if you listen to any uh, sports talk media, everyone out there is the Lakers is horrible. They're the worst offense. They can't score. They have legitimately have a two-man team. And um, meanwhile, we've had a lot of situations in the past where LeBron's team didn't look so good going into the playoffs, and then you just, uh, you know, I think they're. I think they're kind of uh, sandbagging it, or they have been, and I, and I want to see. I think we're going to tell very early on, are the Lakers kind of who, who we and who Vegas thinks they are, or are they, the, you know, phonies like people have been uh, suggesting recently. So that's really what I, I – I want to see the Lakers. I want to see LeBron, um, and I, I think we'll see very early on is this playoff LeBron. Um, so I, so it's interesting that you said that they're the Vegas, um, betting favorites. Uh, would you personally make them the favorites going into this, uh, into this playoffs? Do you think well, they should be the so, Vegas betting favorite? No, not really. And, and I don't think, I think you're hard pressed to find a very serious NBA fan who would have the Lakers over either the Clippers or the Bucks right now. But, um, you know, you and I, as we talked about LeBron, and, and I know there's some, some things with him that drive you nuts. And I, I do think, looking at, you saw that mural that the, that the Lakers posted of the current roster. Did you see that? Oh, of course I saw it. Listen, I, there's <laughs> objective, there's objective, uh, you know, Aaron when it comes to the NBA, and then there's Laker hater Aaron. Um, and LeBron James hater Aaron, that mural is fueling my anti-Laker takes and my Laker hate. It's just, it's so glorious. Well, actually, it's funny you use that word because what, what I think that mural is, is a little, it's glory hunting, you know? I, I actually, and I think it's, um, I think LeBron is doing some glory hunting with this team. It's kind of a, a, a little bit of a theory I have, and the late and the mural kind of showed it. Like the way they put together this roster after him and AD makes no sense. And, and I think LeBron is kind of possibly sacrificing uh, having the best possible uh, team for having the best possible story, and he maybe handpicked the team so that he could show the world, look what just me and one other guy could do with a bunch of scrubs. So that's kind of what the mirror looked like to me, like this is LeBron setting it all up to, to be a hero. Uh, that, was, that was what I, my take for looking at that mirror and seeing who their roster is right now compared to as the other teams are. Well, it's funny you say that because, I mean, and, and we've spoken about this a lot, uh, a couple of times, but, you know, if you're the Lakers, like, what, are you not going to trade all those pieces for AD? You're going to do it. Like, where were they going to get better around the edges than they already are? But it, maybe it's just not enough. I, what, what's your prediction? I mean, JaVale and Dwight Howard and Rondo, like, you can't find anyone who can shoot, right? Like, <laughs> 
Yeah, you would you would think. I mean, they're depending on a lot of Dion waiters right now, um, which is uh, I don't think a recipe for success. Uh, what? Quick before we get into your prediction for the series, what's your uh, Kyle Kuzma take? Kuzma, uh, Kuzma kind of bland. He, he, I mean, I guess they're going to need him to be uh, a third scorer, a pretty good defensive player. But really, the Lakers it, it it comes down to can two top five guys win a series, you know, on their own with with a very mediocre. I think. Kuzma's a very mediocre third middle. I, I, I mean, I said it in the last episode. Um, if you look at all the teams that have won titles in the last six, seven years, look at their third best player. Kyle Kuzma doesn't come anywhere close. I mean, I know that like Greg Popovich loved Kyle Kuzma with Team USA. Um, I know he's tried more on defense than he than he did the previous two seasons, and maybe because they're just good. I just don't see it. So, what, what's your prediction for the series? In all honesty. In all honesty, I, I was ready. You know, after the next game, I was ready to say Lakers sweep, but you know, little cooler has uh, prevailed, and I got to give Dave Lillard some credit. So, I'll say Lakers in six, but not a close six. Like they go up two zero, then two one, three one, maybe. 3-2, and then they close it out. They stomp them out and use it. It's hard to really see the Blazers getting blown out with Lillard, that's the truth. But uh, I think the Blazers can't guard anyone, and I think LeBron and AD are foaming at the mouth. You know who, um, you know who doesn't think the, the Blazers' defensive um, problems you know, really rear their ugly head right now against one opponent? The Lakers. Why? Because the Lakers can't shoot. The Lakers can't shoot. Yes. I'm, think, I'm picking the Blazers in seven. I love what Dame Lillard's done. Yeah, listen, I know that the wing players to guard LeBron are scarce. I mean, you're going to see some Carmelo Anthony on LeBron. That's really not going to go so well. Uh, you're going to see maybe Wayne Gabriel. You're going to see like the, maybe Gary Trent. You're going to see a mishmash. But I personally believe that like even if LeBron gets 35 a night, I, I don't know where the Lakers get enough offense. I, I just don't. And and this isn't Laker hater Aaron Tobin has talking right now. Like, I, I just don't know where they score enough points. Sure. I mean, I think it's going to – I think uh, I could see LeBron at 80 averaging 80 points again uh, for a series like this. And uh, look, I mean, even the next half, yeah, LeBron, you know, okay, Harris, LeBron, good player, but after that, they said, what is Portland is giving up 130 points to every team? So, uh, you know, let's go back to my theory that the Lakers have been sandbagging a little and that they have some something up their sleeve. I think playoff Danny Green is like a mini thing, maybe not quite playoff Rondo, who they, who they don't have. But it, it's going to be interesting. I think it's LeBron who's going to have to account. He's going to have to not just score 35 points. He's going to have to average 14 assists, and I kind of think he's going to do it. Okay. Um, I, I'm going the other way. I am picking, and maybe this is just my heart, I'm picking the Blazers in seven. I just think this is one of those things that's a nightmare matchup for the Lakers. Because with CJ 
Um, I know his back is hurting him, but like, you know, if he can be 85% and with Dame Lillard, Carmelo Anthony's given them some good punch on the, um, on the wings. I, I just, if the Blazers can get to 125 points, I'm not sure the Lakers can get to 125 points. So again, maybe the have- thing, yeah, well, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I totally hear you. I mean, uh, I happen to think that the Lakers have a good defensive team, so I don't think it's going to be so easy for Portland to get to 125. And the, things would be different if we had a, a CJ 100%, but I kind of felt like Dame has been a bit of a one-man band. I know Nurkic is good, but like, how, what's going to happen with Nurkic and Anthony Davis when the Lakers play at the 5 Listen, I, it's fascinating. The Lakers have no guards. The Blazers have stud guards. The Blazers have no one to guard LeBron. He's the best forward in basketball. It's, it's fascinating. It's going to be better. You know, mismatches all over the place. It's going to be just interesting to see. Yeah, you know what? I'm picking the upset. I'm saying Blazers in seven. Two, I, I respect it. 2007 Warriors over the Mavs all over again. It's just a nightmare matchup. And honestly, if you're the Lakers, like, and even if you get past this series, like, they got the worst possible draw. And that's going to be the segue into the next series, which was my number one pick for most interesting series. The Oklahoma City Thunder against the Houston Rockets. The 4-5 matchup in the West. I mean, the This story- was my two. Right. So the, the, the storyline's galore. I mean, we've got Westbrook and Harden who are playing against their old team. Chris Paul, who's traded for Westbrook, playing against his old team. Uh, there's a lot of bad blood here. We've got a team that likes to jack up a lot of threes. We have a team that doesn't like to jack up a lot of threes and kind of lives in the mid-range. We've got James Harden, who has a very spotty playoff record. We have Chris Paul, who has a very spotty playoff record. We have a team that likes to play fast, a team that likes to play slow. Uh, it's just contrasting styles, and I am so excited to watch this series. I can't wait. And, of course, there's the uh, the whole Russell Westbrook, you know, uh, with his injury with his quad that puts a damper on things. I mean, I, this is, to me, by far the most fascinating first-round series. And we were just talking about the Lakers. If the Lakers get past the Blazers, I don't trust the Lakers to beat either one of these teams. If uh, Houston is healthy with Westbrook or Oklahoma City is currently constructed. Well, that last part, I, I, I think the Lakers will not have a lot of trouble with OKC. I think OKC is a little overrated. With that said, I completely agree. The only reason this got moved from by far the number one series that I want to see got moved the notch down is because Westbrook, it doesn't sound good to me. Um, I think the Rockets are hoping to keep him out as much as possible. I think that the way they're talking about the injury, I mean, come on, this is Russell Westbrook, most competitive player in the NBA, total Iron Man. The fact that he's missing a few games against his team spent his entire career with, like, that really concerns me that there's more going on with this quad injury. So that's the only reason I could get down the notch. But with that said, it's still really fascinating. And what I'm most interested to see, actually, in this series is Chris Paul, the basketball 
basketball genius against his former team against Mike D'Antoni, and they're now five out uh, system where they're basically just going to have Harden. They don't even have like a role threat. They're just going to have four three-point shooters. So this is a situation where you've got Chris Paul, who's considered probably the highest basketball IQ player in basketball, him and LeBron, uh, going against the team that is that he knows better than anyone, a team that's predictable, but at the same time, you know, everybody knows what the Rockets can do, but it's still effective. So I think it's going to just be really interesting how they – decide to guard James Harden and how much they they press, they prioritize taking away uh three point shooting. I, I think the coaching is really interesting and I, I actually think Chris Paul is gonna lead the coaching for, for the Thunder. Um maybe more than Billy Donovan who I don't have so much faith in. So I think I I mean I think I know based on uh, the previous matchups of how they're going to guard Harden. I mean, it's going to be Dort. It's going to be Dort. Yeah, isn't you know, Dort a, a bit banged up? I think he's okay. I mean, the previously the games, you know, they had the Rockets had Clint Capella, so it's not the same. It's not the same team. But I think it's going to be uh, Lugens Dort, uh, who's a truck of a guy, um, who's going who's guarded Harden, you know, somewhat well. They're going to try and guard him as straight up as possible. And especially if Westbrook is is banged up, they're going to be like, Harden, you know, you're going to have to score 50 every night for you guys to beat us. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, speaking of, uh, of trucks, I mean, David Adams and TJ Tucker, it's kind of, kind of pretty exciting to see those two guys, uh, those two trees. Uh, well, one of them is a tree height-wise, but, you know. I would think Adams should be able to, move, to throw Tucker around, but Tucker's the immovable object, so I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that looks, to see if Adams can kill him on the glass like everyone has been. Well, but really, it is, it's all about Harden, let's be real. I mean, listen, you and I, we have, we have talked about Harden. You know, I know you're in the camp that he's a bit overrated, maybe more than a bit. I'm in the camp that he's actually... Uh, Gets an unfair, unfairly criticized. Uh, you know, coming up short against one of the greatest teams we've, we've ever seen. So here's the thing: the Rockets, if the Rockets are championship contenders, then they got to be able to win this. With, you know, even without Westbrook, and if Harden is really a top three player, then he's got to show. Like, look, I'm at a level above, you know, everyone else on the court. And I and I'm looking forward to seeing it. And he's rested, and he's um, not trying to drag his feet into the playoffs. I, I think we're going to see something special from Harden. So one quick thing on um, Stephen Adams. I mean, if Stephen Adams doesn't absolutely bully uh, the Rockets front line, then he's going to get played off the court. You're going to see some Gallinari at center. You're going to see some uh, some uh, Darius Baisley at center. You're going to see some weird stuff. Uh, and in terms of the the uh, the Harden choking thing um, in the past, I mean, depending on what Westbrook's injury is, because they've built this whole ecosystem around those two guys with the five out and the whole thing that, like, I almost, even, like, the most anti-Harden guy out there, like, I'm almost willing to give 
you know, uh, hard in a pass if he doesn't get past this this series and he goes out in the first round. Um, with that said, so what's your prediction? Ah, uh, it's so hard to make this prediction without knowing Westbrook's status. But I, I'm going to take the Rockets in seven. And, I, and I, that's even if Westbrook doesn't play a game. I'll take that's the Rockets in seven. If Westbrook plays, I'll take the Rockets in six. All right, I'm going the other way again. Um, I'm going Oklahoma City in seven. Uh, I am a sucker for this Oklahoma City team. Dennis Schroeder has destroyed the Houston Rockets, and he'll be back. I mean, obviously, he needs to work himself into shape a little bit after uh, coming back from quarantine, but I don't know. I like this Oklahoma City team. I, I don't know what it is. I, I can't quit this team. Uh, so, okay, so your third pick for most interesting playoff series. So, I think this one might surprise you because there's a key injury here, but I cannot wait to watch. You know, maybe this is more of a hope pick, but Boston, Philly, and it's all about Embiid. Yep. I just want to see Embiid show us something that he's never showed us before. I mean, you have a, you know, you have the obvious, um, the obvious Ben Simmons injury, and no one really thinks Philly has a chance. And, you know, I don't really think they have a chance to win the series because uh, Boston is awesome all around. They have Tatum, under they have amazing coach. They have a great roster. But this is not really a good matchup for them. You know, the, the guy that they had to stop and beat and to give the Sixers trouble was Horford, and now he's on the Sixers. And... So now you have Embiid going up against Daniel Tice and a bunch of small guys, combined with the fact that there's a lot more, this put a lot more spacing around him without Ben Simmons, and you know, Sixers are much worse off without Simmons. But man, I want to see Embiid like you know, I want to see Embiid average 40 points a game in this series, and I don't really, and I want him to get to the line 15 times a game. And I don't really see why you can't do that if he's uh, if he's really locked in. And I'm I'm ready to see it. It's funny you said that this may surprise you because this was my second pick, even ahead of Lakers Blazers. Because for that exact reason, for that exact reason, I've been a huge Joel Embiid fan, um, and I've been saying that he's the sixth best player in the league. This. You know, when in terms of just talent, in terms of a guy who can who can be all that, I think he's the sixth best player in the league behind. And I'm not keeping Durant in this right now because I guess or fine. We'll we'll include Durant. It's Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi, Durant, Curry, and then to me it's MB. Right? Those are the guys. If you're really that guy, the second coming between a cross of Hakeem Olajuwon and Shaquille O'Neal, like. Go out and get me 37 and 18, 37 and 15. You may not even win the series because the whole, the whole, um, you know, the, the, the roster is a little decimated. But, and Daniel Tice is a nice player. Uh, but you got to, you got to absolutely put your stamp on it. Like, even if it's like a Michael Jordan against the, uh, 86 Celtics kind of thing. If you, if you lose, he, even like in five games, but you dominate, then you, you show me that you're really serious about this. So that's what I'm looking most for. Um, just like you said. So what's your um, 
what's your prediction for the uh, the series and uh, how many games? So I'll go with that. You know, you nailed it exactly on the head. Like, I'm not expecting Philly to win. I, I do think they're outmatched. Uh, the coaching advantage is extremely lopsided. So I am going to take Boston in five, but I want I, – I want Philly to be competitive. I want to see them competitive. Uh, you know, there's five game series that, and there's close five game series. And I, I want to see every game be a dogfight. I'm sure the Celtics will blow them out at least one game. But man, I want to see Embiid show up something. And, you know, he gets a pass if they lose the series. They're outmatched, uh, you know, at, you know, across the roster. But, just excited to, you know, drink a beer and have some Swizzlers and, and watch Joel and me just show us what, what we think he's capable of. I think you and I both really like him. So let's see. Let's see what a, a Sim, and be without Simmons really look like. A beer and Twizzlers? This is, this is the upcoming wedding diet? Come on, man. <laughs> well. To the playoffs, you know, yeah, you, you'll uh, put in my dues in the morning with some uh, some cardio. I hear that. Um, so I'm picking the Celtics in six. Um, Kemba Walker's actually rounding into form. It looks like his knees progressing. So I just think that I mean they have too much with uh, the discrepancy in wing talent is just is just so monumental because. You know, Jason Tatum was turning into a superstar before the before the whole COVID situation started. And he's had an up and down Orlando stint. But, you know, Ben Simmons was the guy who was going to be guarding him. You know, Ben Simmons is going to be on the all defensive team, first team. And we got they got nobody to really guard him right now. I'll, I'll be curious to see what Matisse Thibel looks like guarding him. But I just don't, I just don't think he has the length. So, yeah, I'm picking the Celtics in six. Uh, I hope Embiid really shows out. Um, and it'll be interesting if all these injuries excuses give Brett Brown like another another shot at this going into next year. I can't imagine if it, it does, if they don't win this series, but who knows. Uh, okay, so for number four, my fourth pick for the most interesting series is Denver and Utah. Uh, I know the news just came out that Mike Connolly left the bubble for the birth of his uh, his child. Um, I'm picking this series specifically because the Jokic-Michael Porter Jr. connection is unbelievable. And I said it, la- I said it last episode. Um, the top two teams in the West, going into, the, um, going into Orlando, we thought that it was like the Lakers and the Clippers and everybody else was like a clear notch and a half, two notches below. This, Mike, this Michael Porter Jr. thing, man, it, it raises Denver's ceiling to a whole nother level. And I'm just excited to watch them and to continue watching them. Well, I actually, I have this series pretty high also. Um, I'm a little, I'm a lot more skeptical than you are about Denver. And, and the issue is Denver's defense has been really bad. Uh, not just in the bubble, but like, uh, you know, with their, with their guards, uh, have you been out? I know Murray's back. Is Gary Harris, is he good to go? What's the, what's the situation? 
Yeah, Gary Harris hasn't played hasn't played yet. He's still working his way uh, back, so he's a little bit iffy right now. But Porter, I mean, Porter's been up and down defensively, but the ceiling with him offensively, you can't not play the guy. You just can't. Because even if he's well, bad defensively, like he's still six ten and an athlete. So like even that alone with long arms, he takes up space. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm very – I love Michael Porter. I can't believe the Knicks didn't take him. I wanted him then. Um, oh. But oh, with that worst. said, if you're, if you're talking about putting Denver, you know, up there as the third contender in the West, like, you know, how much can you really rely on, on a 19-year-old kid who's basically a rookie? Um, so, so – I'm a little lower on Denver. The other interesting thing, first of all, I actually love Jamal Murray. I think that guy can, you know, he, he can, he sometimes just looks like he's unbelievable and then, uh, you know, he, he lacks consistency. But what's interesting is that Utah really wanted this matchup and Utah, you know, they basically tanked to fall into the 60. They were not playing their guys. They were not competing at all. And Denver beat Utah uh, three times this year, but before that, Utah won the prior eight games. So, Gobert has actually done pretty well against Jokic. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting. The Conley thing really kind of bothers me. Um, I I was actually going to pick Utah and I'm not going to pick Utah because of the Conley. You know, just also, not just that he's not going to be there, but it, 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 given COVID and the testing, I, I feel like it just the, the Utah locker room can't really handle this. And to be honest, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this, but to be honest, if I was a jazz player or a jazz teammate, I'd be a little annoyed that he left. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I can't go in the minds of, uh, of players in this respect when it comes to families. But I will say this, not having Mike Conley, and again, the fit was really rocky early on, but he started playing well. And But they're, they're just not deep. Like, they're depending on Jordan Clarkson for a lot of minutes. That's a horrendous, horrendous uh, proposition for a team that has aspiring, um, I, I should say, aspirations to win basketball games. Jordan Clarkson is a detriment, and he's going to have to play a lot. You know, they already weren't deep. They, they're missing Bogdanovich. You know, Connolly's out. Their bench is horrible. Um, I, I think Denver wins in five. What about you? I'll take Denver in seven. You know, remember, this is the same Denver team that barely beat uh, a pretty bad first team last year. So, um, I, don't, I don't trust them so much. And uh, But, yeah, I was totally ready to pick Utah, but uh, I'll stick with Denver because I don't. Th- I agree with you. Utah doesn't have the guys. All right, so who's uh, your number five uh, most interesting playoff series? All right, so this is a series that I expect to be lopsided, but Clippers-Dallas, 
I mean, so much to love here. First of all, Luca, 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 Luca. Like, I just love watching the guy. Um, he is has pretty much the hardest matchup you could have. You know, he's going to be guarded by Kawhi and Paul George. But Dallas has a, the most potent offense by some metrics. In, uh, they have a historically efficient, unstoppable offense, although I, I do think the Clippers are going to stop them. But, man, just seeing Luka on the stage, seeing him go head-to-head with Kawhi. And then on the other side, like, are the Clippers who we think they are? Are they going to come out and stomp them? You know, is, are the Lou Williams, Harold being unavailable? Uh, is that going to have an effect? But I think it's going to, they're going to learn a lot about both teams. And I, even though this is my favorite, this is, sorry, not my favorite series, but for me it was the top four series. And I can't wait to watch it. I, I'm still taking the Clippers in four. So I agree with a lot of what you said. Obviously, uh, the Luca, you know, first time on the playoff stage, he's been aw- he's been awesome since he's been in Orlando. But for me, what I'm looking at is obviously what does what do the Clippers look like, uh, especially getting Montrez Harrell back. You know, he hasn't really practiced, but like he's going to start playing, so I want to see what that looks like. We may not see the Clippers really round into form just yet, but I don't think it's going to matter just because. This is a nightmare matchup for Dallas. Um, you, you talked about their offense being historically great. There's a little uneasiness with me there, um, especially considering Kawhi and Paul George are two of the four best perimeter defenders in the, in basketball. To me, the guy, uh, and I'm not expecting the Clippers, I, I should say the Mavericks to keep this super close, uh, in terms of a competitive series. I think it can go five, maybe six games. But to me, it's 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 Kristaps Porzingis, uh, who's been awesome in the bubble, uh, especially offensively. He's getting, you know, he's putting up numbers. I mean, he's been exposed a little bit defensively on, um, especially when he has to guard out in space on the pick and roll. I mean, you saw what Damian Lillard did to him uh, the other night. Just uh, oof, put a clinic on where Porzingis was almost unplayable. But you know, the Clippers don't really have guys like that, especially in that position where we're going to be able to attack like a, a small, quick guard like Lillard. But if Dallas wants to make this a competitive series, Porzingis is going to have to be a monster. And he's going to have to do it from all, you know, different levels. He's going to have to do it in the pick and pop game. He's going to have to make the reason. He's going to have to score efficiently on the block. Because as good as Harrell is, Montres Harrell is 6'8". Porzingis is 7'3". Like, come on now. You know, show me something, Porzingis. I mean, i am been a huge Porzingis guy. Uh, I think he's better than Carl Anthony Towns. Um, but I, I want to see what Porzingis does in this playoff series, even if I personally think that Dallas is going to lose in six. I'm going to say Dallas loses in six. Well, this might be a don't, don't sleep on Zuba. You know, this might be kind of getting back into it. And like you said, having such a big guy. With Zinger, uh, can, that guy can really play. Uh, but I agree with you. I mean, Kristaps, listen, I don't have expectations for him, but I can't wait to see what will happen because I do think his ceiling is, you know, he's uh, the top 10 player in the league kind of ceiling. 
And um, I just don't know how it's going to play out. Like, we don't really have that many 7-3 guys who end up being top 10 players, 7-3 perimeter guys. So uh, I'm very interested to see. You could tell me a wide range of outcomes about how Zinger is going to perform, and I would believe any of it. But I, I would love to see him dominate. So uh, what your, your prediction in games? Four. Four? I predict four close, four close games. Clippers and four, yeah. Okay, so I, I got I got six. But, and one, just one last thing on uh, on Luca. Um, I, I don't, you know, if you're going to nitpick a little bit, is, is sometimes the step back threes, he hasn't really been making that shot with a tremendous amount of efficiency. Uh, I know... A lot of them are at the end of the clock, but like I, I just I, I'm curious to see what Luca's shot selection looks like in in this this series. But yeah, it, it, it's going to be a and fun series, a very fun series. And Dallas is kind of the anti OKC in the sense that they're the least clutch team, and uh, they really have done statistically they've done really poorly in close games down the stretch, and they seem to get a little shaken. Their offense seems to get a little shaken, and they rely on these setbacks, and they get out of rhythm. So that's why I'm, I'm you know, taking the, the stance that I think they could get swept, because um, I just think that, the, you know, the Clippers are, are championship uh you know, that they're going to show their championship boys, and I, I don't really see Dallas being able to close out any games. So, yeah, I, I, we're in agreement there. Okay, so number six goes to me, because uh, the last two series, I, I think you know what are going to be the bottom two. So I think you know where I'm going with yeah. this one. It's uh, Miami and Indy. Um, we have a couple of subplots here. We've got uh, the T.J. Warren, Jimmy Butler beef. Um, Love that. We've got that going on. We've got a lot of young guys on Miami who I absolutely love. I mean, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. I like both of those guys as players. Um, Bam Adebayo uh, will probably be the most improved player this year. He's awesome. They finally moved him to center. Um, they kind of scrapped the Myers-Leonard uh, minutes. Uh, and without Sabonis, I don't think that's a problem. So, I mean, with Indy playing one traditional big with T.J. Warren playing at the four. Um, one quick thing on T.J. Warren, who has been lights out in the bubble. He's shooting the ball like crazy from everywhere. You know, his big thing was that he couldn't shoot threes. He's making threes. He's scoring a ridiculous amount of points. But, like, again, he still doesn't do anything else, right? So, like, for all the love that he's getting and, you know – NBA Twitter's like, TJ Warren's a bucket and always been a bucket. It's like, all right. But like at a certain point, he's going to have to do other things because, you know, they're going against, he's going to go against Jimmy Butler, who A, doesn't particularly care for him to begin with. And B, Jimmy Butler's a really good defensive player. So I personally, I, I love the bad blood in this series. I mean, I, I want to see what Oladipo looks like. I want to see, uh, what Brogdon looks like, but ultimately, I really like this Miami team. Uh, they're gonna—I think they're gonna win this series in uh, in five games. Uh, I think they're gonna be uh, a competitive five games, but five games. And kind of looking over over to the next round, Miami is gonna give 
Milwaukee a dogfight. I think Milwaukee's ultimately going to win, but Miami's going to give them a dogfight. What do you have on this series? Well, I agree that the you know the obvious low hanging fruit, most exciting thing is going to be Jimmy and TJ. Uh, I can't wait to see Bam. He's going to be you know for most of the season he was the Heat's best player. I don't think he's their best player because I think Jimmy Butler is an awesome player, and I think Jimmy is another guy who stepped it up in the playoffs. He was actually the Sixers' best player last year when they almost. Toronto, he went toe to toe with Kawhi as much as anyone. So, so I think he's. I definitely give Miami the edge. I think um, Indy is one of those teams that consistently outperforms my expectations for them. So uh, I'll say Miami and six. I'll give Indy some credit. I, I don't think they have the firepower without the bonus, but Turner. Uh, could have a big impact defensively. I'm looking forward to seeing Turner and Bam. Uh, see what that looks like. Those are kind of two, uh, great defensive players. And, um, yeah, I think Miami's got, they, they can shoot. They've got everything. Miami is a real team. Miami, I'm excited to see what they do in this series. I'm excited to see what they do against the Bucks. And I would be pretty disappointed if they lose because I think we'd all get robbed. Before moving on to the last uh, two series, so you've got Miami in six, I've got Miami in five. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Gotcha. Okay. Before moving on to the next uh, the next pick, I should say your next pick. Where do you think Miami would stack up against the teams in the West? Because I think they'd be in the middle of the pack, just like they are in the East. Yeah, I I agree. I think. Um... Man, the teams in the West, it's a, it's a loaded question, right? In my mind, if you've got healthy Westbrook, then I have the Rockets and not above the other non-LA teams in the West. But um, otherwise, I think Miami is right. You know, they're, they're probably four or five seed, right, right in there with uh, – I actually like them better than Utah. Um, Same. Same. I like them better than OKC, which you probably don't. Uh, neck, and and, then, neck and neck for me. Neck and neck. I think their ceiling is higher. You know, yes. that's my concern with OKC um, is that they, they're the kind of team that really has trounced the teams that they should be, but they have, don't have a very good record against teams above 500. And uh, Miami, I think, has a real feeling. I, I really like Miami. I, I, and um, I don't know, the, the East has four really good teams. So uh, it, it, it'll be a fun playoff. I can't wait for the East semifinals, honestly. It's going to be the two series that we think it's going to be. Yeah. it's it, The second round is going to be awesome in the East. Just awesome. So, uh, all right. So there's a clear bottom two. Uh, who's your uh, seventh selection? Yeah, well, this is all about Karis Levert, so that's the reason that I got Toronto uh, and the Nets edging out Bucks Magic. Just uh, you know, not really anything I want to see in Bucks Magic, um, other than the Bucks uh, not get any big injuries. 
Whereas, uh, at, you know, the Nets, man, that game against Portland, have you ever seen a team play so hard when they had absolutely nothing to play for against a team with everything on the line? You know, the Nets, just they just played really, really hard. So I don't think they have a chance. I love Toronto. Uh, I think Toronto is, you know, they're awesome. But uh, I would love to see the Nets give that kind of energy and see if they can make some of these games close and maybe even steal one. Also, those of Toronto have some, I think they broke it, but they have some crazy streak where they would lose game one of every playoff series for like a, a, a ton of series in a row, including last year they lost game one. I think it was against Orlando. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we'll see if they can break out of that. The DJ, the DJ Augustine game. Uh, I'm with you on this. I had the seventh also. Um, again, major shout out to the Nets. I thought the Nets were going to go like oh for the bubble because they have nobody there. Um, but they played super hard. I mean, Karis LeVert really looks like he's going to be a player. Uh, whether it's on the Nets next year or somewhere else. Um, Zach Lowe talked Nick, about. Let's get him. Well. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, but Zach Lowe talked about <laughs> in terms of the Nets' future, obviously, with Kyrie and KD next year. Like, who's going to be that third piece? And, you know, it may not be Karis LeVert because he likes to have the ball in his hands, especially when he starts off at the left wing and he's, you know, sort of controlling stuff. He may not get those opportunities. He's a decent spot-up shooter and, and a secondary ball handler. Do they make him the sixth man? Do they trade him? You know, maybe for somebody like Rudy Gobert. Well, that would be an interesting trade. But, yeah, it's it, – the kudos to the Nets for showing up. Uh, the one thing on the Toronto side that I'm super interested in is is kind of to see if Pascal Siakam gets his offensive game back. Uh, he's been, you know, kind of lackluster on the offensive end in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, their, their offense as a whole has been bad in the bubble. Um, but their defense is so great in terms of the things that they do with rotations and, and different schemes. So yeah, I don't think this is going to be very interesting. I've got the, uh, I've got Toronto in five because, you know, just predicting sweeps is tough. Uh, so I got Toronto in five. All right. Well, I'll, I'll do it. I'll predict the sweep. I'll take Toronto in four. I think this team has that, that championship swag and, uh, they're going to, you know, they're not going to, want to give an inch, and they're going to want to send a message to the other Eastern Conference contenders. They have a chip on the shoulder the whole year, and uh, I think the Nets will give them a fight, but I, I think it's going to be a Toronto beatdown. So, yeah, that leaves us the last series. Okay, Milwaukee-Orlando. Uh, Jonathan Isaac uh, unfortunately hurt his knee, uh, so that really sucks for Orlando. I'm interested to see... You know, Aaron Gordon is is such an interesting player in a sense that he's got all these physical tools, but it just, you know, the sum of the parts doesn't like, you know, it just doesn't equal the individual, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The individual, like, compartments, whatever. Just, it just, the... Right. He doesn't does, put it together. I know some, what you're saying. Something do, just doesn't add up. And, you know, but other than that, I, I think it's just a matter of how sharp the how Milwaukee really ratchets, ratchets it up um, now that the games mean something. Uh, I am predicting Milwaukee 
in a sweep. I'm actually predicting a sweep here. Orlando's been terrible since this whole thing started. Awful. Just awful. I've got Milwaukee in a sweep also, and I, I think it would be – I would be pretty surprised if they lose any of these games. Um, I think Milwaukee, has, you know, they, they used the bubble. They locked up the number one seed. And I don't really care at all about what we've seen from Milwaukee in the bubble. I totally believe they're the team they were all season, and they're the kind of team that I'm expecting blowout, blowout city. And I think Orlando will be, uh, you know, whitewater rafting in a, a week from now. Yeah. Uh, I, and just uh, one last thing on this series. You said something before that uh, you said LeBron James is the best forward in the league. Uh, that's that's false because the uh, the answer is Giannis. Um, <laughs> what is Giannis? Is he a forward? He's just a player. He, he's anything. He's yeah. The, right. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. He's the best player in basketball. Anyway, Michael. Well, we'll see. If he is, then it's his championship to lose. Amen to that. Michael, uh, this was great. We finally got through the technical difficulties, uh, a little delay, but we got it done. It was so good to uh, to speak to you again about hoops. Um, we've been clamoring th- for this for a while. And, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll run it back later on in the playoffs. Good to speak to you again. Thanks for getting Can't wait. Time. I think what did we agree? We agreed on six out of eight. The two that we differed were I had Houston and L.A., right? Yep, I've got I've got Portland and OKC in, in nail by And I really wanted to take Utah, but the Connolly thing, uh, you know, so that that would have been my third. So, you know, first round we mostly like the favorites. It makes sense. See what happens. We shall see what happens. Again, thanks again for uh taking the time. Uh and we're gonna start Oh, soon. thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Speak to you later. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks again to recurring guest, Mr. Michael Klein. Uh, was good to talk to him again about the NBA uh, previewing the playoffs. The playoffs are here. It is glorious. That's episode 85. I repeat, 85 of the For the Love of the Game podcast. Take us out, Fabo. Hit a chick once and she running back like Fred Taylor. I'm snatching everything in the PJs now. That's why most of these working with the DAs now. Come on. If I'm in a hoop ride or a buggy coupe five. Gucci sneaks, sneaks, keeping it gangsta. If I poly in the hood or I'm in Hollywood, keeping it gangsta. If I spit 16 on a track of 16 from a
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.